What's up, guys? Cameron here. Aaron on the other this side. This is Matt. Welcome to another edition of Tinseltown Thunderdome. The three of us are always talking about what actors we'd love to see work with our favorite directors and what directors we think would be interesting working in a particular genre or the specific piece of IP. Basically, we love fantasizing about our dream projects that we'd love to see happen. So we decided, why not create a podcast where we can craft our own movie dream teams? The way this will work is we will each have a checklist of categories that we must fill. Then we'll take turns identifying our dream teams. The checklist we'll use for our first dream team episode includes a director, actor or actors, and story. In this case, story can be anything from a piece of IP to an original idea or anything in between. And we'll just go around in a circle, identifying our dream teams, explain, you know, give a little context of the story, and then we can open it up for discussion. Sound cool? That's perfect. Cool. I've been really looking forward to this episode. I know. We've talked about this for a while, so I'm I'm dreaming about it. Aaron, would you like to start us off? I am ready to go. So um, part of this exercise for me was trying to think about what you guys were going to do. I was was like, okay, I definitely don't want to duplicate, so I'm not going to do Christopher Nolan. I definitely don't want to duplicate, so I'm not going to do Attack on Titan. So I was like, how do I avoid these two spaces? Which was difficult because both of those were really appealing to me. Uh, for reasons that that are sort of related to the the topic that I picked. Of course, you guys may not have taken that, but in my mind of what are right. the dreamers thinking, that was what was going on. Um, so I have read this book that I'm sort of obsessed with by Kazuo Ishiguro called The Buried Giant. And I don't think either of you have read it, no. but it is my favorite book by Ishiguro and I've read six or seven of his books. So, um, definitely something that, um, scratched an itch. I didn't know I had because it's about an older couple. So not really my wheelhouse for, for genre flicks. Um, but it is set in Arthurian times, which is right up my alley. And it's about like memory loss and love and family and like tribalism and identity. Um, And uh, it's sort of set in this um, pretty fantastical world. So there are dragons and ogres and all sorts of, um, you know, sort of Lord of the Rings-esque, Game of Thrones-esque creatures that are involved. Um, we were joking about Game of Thrones before we started this podcast. So I was like, oh no, is he going to, is he going to give away the goose? But, um, no, I, I guess Barry Giant has not made it your way, but, um, yeah, I think the film is very much, um, an exploration of, of the film I'm envisioning is an exploration of, of human characters and, and how they reach sort of the end of their lives and, uh, what, what meaning there is to their lives and then a self sort of a self-reflection. So uh, it's a, again, it's about memory and love and the, this couple is afflicted by this sort of sudden pretty acute amnesia. 
and they're not really sure why. And they're living in this this village, and it's you know sort of underground, and um, they're they're starting to have these these memory issues, and um, and they need they need something to hold on to from their past, and they both feel like they remember having had a son, mm. and yet they can't put their finger on whether or not the son is real or a figment of their imagination, but they they latch onto the idea that he's real, and they're they want to go off and find this son. And they think through sort of patching together bits of memories that they know he's in this sort of neighboring village that's three or four days walk away. And so they set off on this journey. And a, a fair amount of adventuring ensues. This is set in the period when um, Brightons are uh, fighting with Saxons in England. And it's a, it's a really sort of Again, this like the visuals that that come through in this novel are epic in scope, and yet the story is very personal in nature. So, which is kind of my favorite blend of of um, sort of story types, where you've got very large, grand scenery and um, grand adventures, quests, etc., but then extremely personal storylines. Um, so. How, who did I want to direct this? Well, I thought long and hard about it. At one point, I was thinking Guillermo del Toro. But That's what I was going to say. I have switched from that. And the choice I've made is going to rankle uh, Cameron a bit. It's Robert Eggers. Oh, man. And, and, and I'm, I'm choosing him because I feel like the promise he put forward with the Northmen wasn't fully actualized and i feel like this is a story space where he could more fully actualize because it brings in maybe not quite horror but the fantasy element in a bigger way um and and it's very focused on these characters so he can take a second try at that grand epic scale but then hone it into these very specific characters and follow them along in their journey so you know, he can sort of do some set pieces that are very big and, and have this really um, impressive scope. But but the vast majority of the story is is close and intimate and personal. Um, and the actors that he'd be um, he'd be guiding through this process would be and, and the actor. Sorry, the character names in the story are Beatrice and Axel. Mm. And Axel would be played by Daniel Day-Lewis and Beatrice would be played by Emma Thompson. Oh, uh, that really? is my my dream is dream the, team. Is that are they an older couple in the in the story? They're an older couple in the story. Would yeah. they speak to each other like Beatrice? You must come with me to this far off land. I believe we had a a child, and we will go down there. And sorry, that's my Northman impression. I think. I mean, oh, it would that. be. It it would be old english so it probably would sound a lot like that oh great oh man well i learned beowulf in old english and it was a slog so yeah <laughs> i hope it's not in old english um that sounds awesome uh, i'd watch it i could definitely see your train of thought with guillermo del toro like sort of a pan's labyrinth-esque you know uh not down the rabbit hole but like you know wandering adventure like um but no, Robert Eggers sounds like a really interesting 
combo there and of course the cast would be amazing the the problem i had with del toro is that i love his films but i don't know that he is as invested in character study as he is in um the craft of fantasy filmmaking Mm. like this the plot is always pretty interesting and awesome and the visuals are interesting and awesome and the characters are worthy, but I, I don't think I can pick out any character from a Guillermo del Toro movie as being something that's extremely memorable. Mm-hmm. Like the stories are memorable, but no, I never can quite put my finger on a character that I'm like, oh, this character really shines. The fish man, the fish man. Um, whereas, <laughs> right. Whereas with Eggers, like in. tons of character i mean the lighthouse it's just two characters um you know or the witch it's like how personal is that story i mean it's really just just two characters that are interact i mean the father and the daughter are like the the major part of this there are a few others but those are such a signature part of the story that i feel like he gets that right and he also has some pretty impressive visuals um and i know he might need some work on on how he ties that all together and, and handles scope. But, but I think he's, I, I feel like he's the right choice. I did dabble with the idea of, of um, reviving the dead and, and just making it a Kubrick film, but I thought that was cheating. So I decided yeah. not to. Not allowed. I should have yeah. specified, living. you know, <laughs> current living people, but uh, that, I mean, Kubrick would have been really interesting for that too. Uh, I think, he, I think Eggers would be a good fit for the setting as well. You know, um, Arthurian times, England. Uh, I, I think he just has a strong. I, I don't think he's ever actually. Or no, where was the the witch was set in Massachusetts, right? The witch, yeah, the witch was sort of Puritan times, Northeast, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, he hasn't done anything in England. I don't think, right? No, but of course, you know, he's got this gothic. Yeah. connection and even though gothic is not arthurian I, I feel like it's not a giant leap from one to the other totally um you, you can and, definitely uh, see the you know there's a lot of connection with the northeast and even the work he did on the northman that would be like a really easy um transition to to well, the scan i i know there sure. are, i'm sure there are like J.R.R. tolkien types out there who know better than i do but it seems to me that like the the, the sort of occult and the uh supernatural elements of the northmen they have that yeah the almost like druidic um merlin type feel um and i'm sure there are scholars all those scholars that listen to our podcast are 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 shaking their fists at me but i got the general vibe that there's similarities (laughs) yeah yeah i i I think so and i i think um um ishiguro is uh i i almost picked another of his stories called uh clara and the sun which is i think pretty pretty timely sort of topical with um an exploration of humanoid robots and you know what what their experience will be in the world in the future um and uh it's funny because i think those two books are 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 some of my favorites and of course they're sort of uh, polar opposites of of the genre space in terms of time one is you know kind of ancient history and the other is a a fair way in the future um but but also very personal um but i i I feel like 
we're a little inundated with AI and robot-related stories right now, whereas I was really satisfied. It wasn't a, a complete... Well, maybe it was a home run, but it wasn't a grand slam. But I, I, I was really happy to see Lowry's Green Knight. It yeah. was it was like satisfying for me, and I wanted more of that. And so, you know, I, I don't think I'd pick Lowry for this project. I mean, obviously, I it's redundant. I you were going to pick Lowry because yeah. the story is very similar, of course. Right, yeah. right. So, I, I but I decided that was like kind of exploring the you know retreading for him. So, right. Uh, but I did want more of that story space. Yeah. Well, that's a fascinating one. I would love to see yeah. that. Um, I think he also, Eggers has a really strong grasp of like the mystical, um, you know, both in in The Lighthouse and The Northman. And I guess you could say in, in The Witch as well, but um, especially in The Northman with a lot of the cutaway scenes that were intercut with like, you know, sort of muddying the waters of what was reality and what was not. I don't know if that's in this story at all, Ishiguro's story, but it seems For like sure. there could be some like kind of whimsical, mystical elements to it. For sure. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's absolutely right. And um, uh, yeah, I, I think Eggers, um, Nosferatu is going to be interesting to see because I, I feel like that's that's a space where it's like a return to his roots and probably the movie that he's wanted to make for a long time. Maybe even it seems that way. Yeah. I think that's what, he's, right. I, mean, I think that's what he's been saying. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, I mean this, he's got so much experience under his belt now that either it's going to show that he's a supreme talent or maybe, you know, be a back to earth kind of experience. And I, I hope it's the former. I have some breaking news on the buried giant. What? Um, because I, uh, I was, you know, Aaron has described this book to me before, and hearing you lay this out so beautifully made me think. Certainly, Hollywood has already gotten on top of this, and they have. Um, so, I'm going to leave a blank name. Blank will direct the feature as well as co-write it alongside Dennis Kelly, whose credits include Netflix's Matilda the Musical, Utopia, The Third Day, and more. In fact, we know that Kelly has been attached to The Buried Giant at Netflix since at least the summer of 2022. Who is the director? Is it, sorry, David Kelly's the writer? Um, uh, Dennis, Kelly Dennis Kelly is going to co-write it with the director. Okay, who gotcha. I left, I've left out. Who is the director? Can you give us a hint? I don't need to give you a hint. Wow. You don't need to give us a hint based on what you've just told us. Um, yeah. Uh, hold on. What did yeah? What did this guy? Oh, uh, it's more Netflix and did he is Utopia Hollywood, the, Hollywood the Amazon Hollywood. Prime Utopia? I would just think about Netflix and think about like the Ryan way that, Johnson. No, the way that the way that Hollywood that, the way that Netflix would think. Who's Ooh. worked with Netflix recently? Ryan Murphy. Guillermo del Toro is doing. Are it. you serious? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like it's as as a follow up on Pinocchio. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it, this is the latest that's that's online about this. Okay. That's as I mean, of it, February. I'm pleased. February. I would be more pleased if it was Eggers, but clearly, um, clearly your thought process. The gods, is in right? Line with 
the the devil themselves, Netflix. Oh man, that is wild. <laughs> yeah. They've been listening to my thoughts. <laughs> um, that's fascinating. Shoot, maybe like each time we go through this, each each one of our dream teams, the other person can like figure out what's actually going on behind the scenes. That mine, is really well. There will be nothing related to mine. I oh, can assure you. Oh, all right. Well, that's a good segue. Well, shall, maybe not nothing. Shall, maybe not nothing. Maybe not nothing. I guess that means you're going to do an original idea. Yeah, I'm doing an original oh, idea that oh, is comple- okay. completely derivative of, of many other things. Uh, oh, perfect. <laughs> Great. Love it. Classic Hollywood. So just, um, I want to see Tom Ford direct something again. Um, I've not seen a single man, but I've seen, uh, nocturnal animals and it's, Loved I love animals. that film. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to, I like the kind of, uh, bifurcated story. Um, I think he could do something almost fight club like where there's an internal, like with nocturnal animals there, there's internal and external reality. Um, what I would like to see just to kind of go along the theme, this Tom Ford theme, um, I would like, for just an example, a sample title could be The Other Man or Tom. T-O-M. Anyway, it would be called The Other Man, but there actually is a movie called The Other Man with Liam Neeson that apparently was terrible. Yeah. I did not see it 15 years ago. But that idea and you know, Tom Ford directing Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks and... I'm not sure which would be the kind of sort of straight man living regular life who either slips into it's either fantasy visions of what's going on, um, you know, somewhere on the spectrum between Walter Mitty and Fight Club. I don't know. Um, I I like to think it's sort of Tom Hanks going through his life, but then has this alter ego, other life, whether he's imagining it consciously whether he's like a almost like a Patrick Bateman American psycho type that is Tom Cruise but I would just love to see Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks play the same individual in some way and I want to see a film directed by Tom Ford I think he could do it and this idea came just from the names <laughs> okay wait 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 <laughs> Okay, Hold so on. First got, of all, got I got to get Toms. Yeah, I got to get Ben Stiller getting his ass whipped out of my mind for a second too, because the Sir Walter Mitty Fight Club connection was like. <laughs> what? Okay, let's, let's take a few steps back. Okay, what is the story here? <laughs> the concept. Concept. Okay. Is that Tom Hanks, kind of an everyman living life, but he has this alter ego. Uh-huh. Almost like a Tyler Durden. Whether or not he's aware, I don't know. But I think Tom Ford can do this by what I've seen him do in Nocturnal Animals. Weave a couple different realities together mm. in like sort of asynchronous and artistic fashion. Mm-hmm. But I think you've probably guessed what this comes from is I want to see Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks in a movie together. Yes. yes. And I want to tie it together with another Tom with a name that has Tom as an acronym. That's how I did it. Um, but I like it. Down to brass tacks. I want to see Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise in, the in a movie, movie, and I buried the lead just for for fun. <laughs> this could be Road to Perdition Two, where Tom Hanks is older and <laughs> Tom Cruise has moved up. So, so we've, but I mean, I think, uh, and definitely, we know costume will be taken care of. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I like, I, I do like these movies where there's like a, an internal and external reality and the blurring of the mental space. Um, I, I think, I think that, and, and Tom Ford, I mean, nocturnal animals knocked me on my ass. Like I, I watched that movie kind of begrudgingly. Like I was like, ah, I don't want to watch this. I'm on a plane. There's nothing else really interesting on the plane. Let's do it. Fine. I like Jake Gyllenhaal. It's probably going to be decent acting. And then it was like, whoa, this is really fascinating. And it's throwing me for a loop. And I'm, I'm, it, it, it was just so well crafted. I, I think he could pull something like that off. And, you know, who can doubt Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks in anything? I mean, they're, they're fantastic oh, actors. I think you can, yeah. <laughs> I think you can doubt Tom Hanks. Um, I think he's made a lot, he's yeah. had a lot of, I think you can not great Tom movies Hanks in the last five years. Haste. Yeah, yeah. that's right. But his no, but performances always are always on point. Correct. Yeah. Well, he, he hasn't, he, I don't feel like he's, he's, um, really given it his best in a little while. I, I heard Sully was good, although I didn't see it. I like Sully. Um, That's fine. But but a lot of the other films that I've seen with him were sort of take it or leave it, but mm-hmm. I do think he still has the chops to do something impressive. Tom Hanks is a legend, and he's still amazing. I think he hasn't quite worked with a director or with a story that has like met his talent. Um, I don't know whose fault that is, but the Tom Cruise of it all, I mean, it would be awesome to see him in a movie that isn't like a high octane action packed, him doing crazy stunts, uh, as like the main thrust of the story. Now it sounds like in your concept, there could be some like crazy adventures going on that could lure him into the project. But it also seems like very intimate and character driven, um, which could see him sort of flex those acting muscles again, which would be cool. I would like that. Would there be a female protagonist? Would this have something to do with a love interest? There would there would be a female female protagonist, but I couldn't find one named Tom. Um, <laughs> I, so I mean, uh, Emma Thompson. It could could be, but she can't be in both of our, you know. Yeah, I don't know. true, 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 true. Um, I, uh, you know, my concept, admittedly, is thin, is kind of thin gruel. I mean, based on a single name, so um, <laughs> I'm limited there. I'd rely on Tom Ford to find someone. Right, right. Fascinating. Not much to go off there, but I like the concept. <laughs> It's an interesting concept. I like it. The, the main thing, times. I mean, I just want to see those two in a movie. And I, Tom, yeah. like Tom Ford, like actually, I wanted to propose something with Todd Field, but I just couldn't find any through lines. I mean, and I, it's hard for me to predict what Todd Field will do next if he it will ever do anything. Again. It'll be thirty years before his next movie comes out. Yeah. So, but these two directors, I mean, and just they're sparing, just like just they're very. Um, I mean, it's seldom, seldom, um, you know, they're, they're just this limited production. Two movies yeah. for one, three for the other, I, I mean, they're, and they're great. I I love to see both of these guys direct again soon. Yeah. 
Okay, I will give you both my dream team, if that's all right. Please do. Um, Let's hear it. Matt, admittedly, since you use Tom Cruise in your dream team, I so I was telling Matt before we started this podcast that I have two dream teams that I've been going back and forth on as to which one I will use in this exercise. And one involves Tom Cruise. Since you've taken him, you've sort of helped me make my decision. So I will use the other idea that does not involve him. Um, and I also have to admit that my dream team is not an original idea. It was something that almost happened, but it didn't. It may still happen. So I'm not just like creating this out of nowhere, um, as you both did somewhat. Matt, especially. I don't know. <laughs> you went off just so, someone's first name, basically. In the beginning, there was Tom. <laughs> um, so mine is the sequel to World War Z with Brad Pitt, of course, reprising his uh, his starring role with David Fincher as the director. Oh, yeah. I know it's a bit of a cop-out for this exercise, especially on the first episode where we're doing this, but I couldn't resist talking about this. That movie would have been spectacular. And I'll tell you why I want this movie. One, I just love David Fincher. Love Brad Pitt. The story of World War Z is... A really, really interesting perspective on the zombie storyline, which is, of course, in the past like 20 years, been told countless times. But the way I've forgotten his name, Mel, Mel, the author of the book is Mel. He's related to someone famous. Hold on. I got to look this up. World. Or it's not written by Mel Gibson, is it? No. I know. It, <laughs> I know. It's. Written by someone, someone famous, and there's the son of someone famous. I think it's Mel Brooks's son. What? Yeah, Max I think you're right. Brooks. Yeah. Max yeah. Brooks. Oh, really? Um, cool. Is the author of this book? And I don't have either of y'all read it. I have read the first twenty pages. In um, a colleague's office, they had a library, and sometimes I'd have to wait for my colleague to come out of a meeting, and so I'd grab books and look at it. And the book is really different than the movie. Yes. It is very focused on this, like, kind of collection of interviews. It's kind of journalistic in style. Yes. So um, the reason I think David Fincher would be an amazing fit for this is because it's a it's very very procedural in nature um and as we've seen in his you know that's his whole shtick he loves procedure he loves you know exploring people who are good at their jobs <laughs> and following their procedure as to how they you know accomplish their mission and the first movie while entertaining i thought i haven't read the book let me just state that first but what i've read about the book and what i've heard from people who have read it um, made it seem as though the first movie strayed away from 
the meticulous nature of the first uh, of the book. And I think David Fincher would be a really good fit for both the the sort of through line of the movie, which is, as you said, very um, it's sort of like interview to interview to interview. Um, I And I think it just follows Brad Pitt's character as he's investigating the the cause of this rabid disease that's causing you know zombies and then the like the most primal reason i want i want this movie and i want it directed by david fincher is because i think david fincher is a master of tone and a master of suspense and i've seen and we've all seen him do movies that are movies and shows that are suspenseful and serious and grimy and investigative, but I want him to really, really lean into the horror that this book I think can offer him. Seven was his closest thing to a horror movie, but even that is, you know, we've had this debate of like, what's a horror? What's a thriller? Mm. I want to see him with some zombies that are eating people's faces. I just want to see him go that dark. And I, I feel like that's true, but he's disowned it. So I will forget that it exists. <laughs> I want to see him really lean into the horror genre. And I think he would be amazing at it. And I think he could potentially make one of the scariest movies, but he hasn't done it. And I want to see it. That's my pitch. <laughs> it was kind of convoluted and all over the place, but there it is. I thought it was pretty concise and to the point. And I, I think it's a it's one you've talked about for a while, and I, I'd really love to see it. I, I really enjoyed World War Z. I thought it was um, underappreciated. I think you know well reviewed, but just didn't have the same kind of smash box office success that it could have had. And um, and it was a really accessible movie for a lot of audiences. Whereas you know Mank not quite as accessible you know you you kind of have to have some background to really fully appreciate what's going on there and even his other films are a little more um i mean maybe gone girl is accessible to like a you know a particular true crime loving cadre (laughs) but um but i think he he tends to make such specific films that are um so highly curated and the story so well crafted that they become amazing to watch for anyone, but really kind of have a strong target audience potentially. Whereas World War Z was just like, you know, a blockbuster kind of material. And yet with the craftsmanship that he brings to all of his other films. And so I think that would be amazing to see just fantastic to see. Well, and he's a guy who likes, you know, he along with, most of the auteurs of of you know today's filmmakers they want more than just the genre pick it needs to go deeper than that and and you know uh for him you know making just a straight zombie flick wouldn't be enough and i think that's why the book would offer that to him it would offer you know a meticulous um sort of exploration of how this would play out if it actually happened 
And that's what I always hear about the book is that it's really, really thought out um, and seems pretty logical in terms of a, it's like hypotheses on like how a zombie pandemic would spread what it would how it would affect society um, and how we would as a as a human race combat it um, and that's where I think the, the deeper exploration would would be appealing to him and just to be clear the sequel wasn't The Last of Us <laughs> right. hey I mean or he would have been great COVID-19 um, that's true yeah. Uh, yeah no I mean I think I do think there needs to be a scene where Brad Pitt is romantic with a female zombie. That's <laughs> got to be part of it. That's an interesting fascination. Maybe fetish. I don't know. Uh, hard, hard to fetishize yeah. zombies, but well, somehow you did with Brad Pitt. I don't. Know. Yeah, is that a reference to the book, or is that from your own mind? No, I, I don't think in the first twenty pages that happens. <laughs> I'm just, just trying to give you an out there. No, there's no out. There's no out. Um, well, cool. I Unless y'all have anything else to say about mine, I think we should maybe just review our dream teams. Um, I'll go first, since I just did mine. So my dream team was David Fincher directing Brad Pitt in the sequel to World War Z. Don't know what the name of it would be, but that's it. Tom Ford directing Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks in Tom. Yep. In the movie God, Tom. I have the need oh, for right, speed. Right, right. Sorry, and I was waiting all... for something. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. All right. The three Toms. <laughs> I think there were four there. Oh, good point. There were four there, yeah. Um, yeah, so my dream team would include Daniel Day-Lewis and Emma Thompson, directed by Robert Eggers. I guess now it has to be Guillermo del Toro. but um, <laughs> And the story is The Buried Giant by Kazuo Ishiguro. Um, yeah, the, this is this is like, I'm really glad we had very different dream teams. <laughs> it's it's we're, we're, only, we're only two years away from Warner's giving Attack on Titan to Guillermo del Toro. He's gone to Ishiguro, and then he's going to get Isayama. Has that been talked it's about? happening. Is that, you're just... Uh, it has been talked about by me. Oh, but you haven't seen it in the news or anything. No, but Warner's has it. Uh, actually, they, uh, I think um, the it, director of It um, oh, is atta- uh, was attached years ago. Yeah, years ago yeah. was attached. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we'd love to know what you think about our dream teams. We'll be posting a poll on Instagram and Twitter where you can vote on which project you want to see most. As always, follow us on our favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about the Thunderdome. Give our show a rating. It really helps. Until next time, peace. Vote for Tom. <laughs>